Welcome to Newsmax Daily for Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. Your inside source for all things Newsmax. Today is World Water Day, an annual event bringing attention to issues surrounding clean, safe drinking water and sanitation. It's estimated that some 700 million to 800 million people around the globe still do not have access to clean water. It is also Red Cross Giving Day, the nonprofit urging people to donate blood, time, or money to the cause. Chances are there is a blood drive somewhere near you happening today. And if you're a baseball fan, Last night's showdown at the World Baseball Classic in Miami could have been the best moment of the entire 2023 season, which hasn't even begun yet. The 3-2 pitch. Trout swings and misses, and Japan wins the 2023 WBC. Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, teammates on the LA Angels, as Japan beats the United States 3-2 to win its third world baseball title. Sound from the MLB radio network. And at the White House last night. The boss is here. The boss is here. As they say in South Philly and North Wilmington, a Jersey boy. 23 renowned artists, singers, actors, and authors, including Bruce Springsteen, the boss, Gladys Knight, and Julia Louise Dreyfus were recipients of medals during the National Arts and Humanities Award ceremony. Prior to that, at Tuesday's White House press briefing... No, 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 that's not, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. You have a choice. Okay. And I'm saying that that's not right. This is not China. This is not Russia. This is the United States. This is the White House. It's been seven months. It is unacceptable. So we're going to, so we're either going to continue the briefing or we can just end the briefing right here. That bizarre spectacle that occurred yesterday at the briefing after Simon Ateba, who is a correspondent for Today News Africa, spoke out against what he calls discrimination that he's faced from Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. She never calls on him, apparently. His fellow correspondents, instead of rushing to his defense, lashed out at him in support of Corinne Jean-Pierre, and they apologized to her on his behalf. I mean, I gotta say, I never had anything like that happen to me while I was there. I mean, Brian Karam, who's Playboy's correspondent, yes, Playboy has a correspondent. He had the nerve to say, if you have a problem, you should bring it up afterwards. This is the same guy who consistently attacked Sarah Huckabee Sanders back in 2017. Take a look at this guy. You have been elected to serve for four years at least. There's no option other than that. We're here I think, to ask you questions. Right. We're here to provide the answers. And what you just did is inflammatory to people all over the country. I mean, he he got up there and jumped up and down all over the time. This is further proof. The White House Correspondents Association only cares about making sure that they're taken care of. Those little guys in the back of the room, their voices, they don't really care that they get shot down. Just look at what it says on the website of the White House Correspondents Association. They come right out and admit that the legacy media should be the first ones. They get the first dibs. They believe that their questions take priority over the rest. It says it on the website. They believe the big guys, ABC. 
NBC News, the Washington Post, the Wire reporters, they should get the questions first, not the other folks. I did the exact opposite. I started in the back of the room. I made sure other reporters got a chance to ask a question. I worked from the back to the front. That's right. Despite the antics of John Carl, Jim Acosta, Brian Karam, April Ryan during my time, the White House Correspondents Association, they never put out a statement condemning their outbursts and annex. In fact, when I was asked about decorum, I was told it wasn't the role of the White House Correspondents Association. What a joke. An institution that preserves the legacy and the left-wing media, see, they only seem to care about decorum and the First Amendment when it's in their personal interest. Now, however, not only did they put out a statement chastising reporters for what they called an extreme breakdown of decorum, but Zeke Miller, Jeff Mason, Kelly O'Donnell of NBC News all put out state statements going after the other reporter. Zeke Miller of AP, he was the guy at Time Magazine during my tenure, that reporter who falsely accused President Trump of removing the bust of Martin Luther King on day one. He apologized back then to the press corps for that inflammatory remark, but never cared about decorum while I was there. Talk about a double standard. That's Sean Spicer, host of Spicer and Company, 5 p.m. Eastern on Newsmax TV. And we get more on the press briefing with Chris Salcedo. Watch these cowards in the biased press fold like cheap tents when scolded by a woman who on day one made the focus all about her. She was quick to point out that she was black, female, gay, and foreign born. In the left's mind, those are the only qualifications she needed. And the American press cowers in her presence. But what I will not, what I will not appreciate is disrespecting your colleagues and disrespecting guests who are here to talk, who were here, to talk about an incredibly important issue, which is mental health. And what has just occurred this last 10, 15 minutes is unacceptable. It's it, it is unacceptable. So we're, gonna, so we're either going to continue the briefing or we can just end the briefing right here. Okay, well then, let's go. No. No, please don't take away our precious briefing. We're, we're so sorry. We'll do exactly what you say. How dare we ask questions that don't meet with your left-wing agenda and approval? What pathetic pansies. Chris Salcedo, host of The Chris Salcedo Show. Another White House press briefing is scheduled for this afternoon, and we'll see what kind of antics take place there today. Chris mentioning the Trump case in New York today. The grand jury in the Stormy Daniels money investigation has reconvened and could make a decision on whether there is enough evidence to charge former President Trump with a crime or not. That had not happened as of the time of this recording and probably won't happen, at least today. Sixteen jurors have to be present. Twelve of them have to vote to indict. They could ask for more witnesses. They could ask for more evidence or they could actually vote. Does not have to be a unanimous vote. This comes after Team Trump called for Robert Costello to testify. Costello, who served as a legal advisor to Michael Cohen, who is the New York District Attorney's key witness against Trump in the case. This pretty much disrupted everything, which is how Trump operates, right? He's the great disruptor. Robert Costello spoke about it with Rob Schmidt. You gave those same emails to the Southern District of New York back in 2019 when Cohen waived his attorney-client privilege. After right. that, the, the Southern District stopped using Michael Cohen as a cooperating witness. They never charged Trump with this same crime back in 2019. Um, That's were you shocked to see Alvin Bragg go for something like this after the feds had already dumped it? 
Yes. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. First of all, whatever case Alvin Bragg is bringing here rests almost exclusively on the credibility of Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen is a convicted perjurer. That was one of the counts that he pled guilty to. Besides being a convicted perjurer, if you go through, or if the district attorney went through those 321 emails, you will see probably another hundred lies that Michael Cohn made to us uh, when we were representing him. It makes no sense. But if you look at those emails, you will see that one email contradicts another email. And Michael would forget that he took position A one day and position B a, a second day. Mm. So if you go to the end of the emails, which is really at the tail end of our representation and communication with Michael, you will see that there's four or five emails in which he makes numerous false statements, and I respond and point out exactly why those statements were false. Because, in fact, I said to him in one of the emails, Michael, you cannot write emails with false statements in it. I'm not going to let you. I'm going to respond each time, even though we thought that nobody would ever see those emails. This was a matter of principle. I would not let Michael Cohen write emails that were false and just sit by and do nothing. That's Robert Costello, former legal advisor to Michael Cohen, who actually waived attorney-client privilege with Costello, allowing him to testify about past conversations. The emails that he's talking about there are part of the evidence that the New York DA, Alvin Bragg, is trying to use to build a crime against Trump. Former New York City mayor and attorney Rudy Giuliani on the balance last night with Eric Bowling. This man announced the day he was he, he, he was sworn in that he wasn't going to enforce half the laws in New York, including armed robbery, resisting arrest, which, of course, put the fear of God in every police officer. It meant if you resisted arrest and beat up a police officer, he wouldn't be charged with it. Uh, even with some of the modifications that he's made. He's downgraded 52% of the felonies the police bring in, 52%. And now he wants to take a, a, a sort of made-up misdemeanor and upgrade it to a felony for a case that the federal government turned down. So I don't know, do you need anything else to realize this is a, this is a political use of the awesome power of the criminal justice system? which makes us a fascist city. Well, this is what the, fascists the, 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 the fascists call that there are certain useful idiots. And I would say Alvin Bragg is, is the useful idiot. But who's, pull, who's the puppeteer? Who are, who's pulling Alvin Bragg's strings? Is it Soros? Is it Obama? Is it both? Maybe, maybe both. I mean, first of all, Soros has got about 40 or 50 of these running around America. It's one of the reasons why the last two years we had record levels of murder in the Soros cities. Uh, you take a city like Little Rochester, New York, or St. Louis, or Philadelphia, they all, within the last two years, had record homicides. Me meaning, never before in the history of the city have so many people been murdered, disproportionate number of young black men, uh, thanks to Soros. I mean, he basically is funding the slaughter of young black men by having district attorneys who aren't district attorneys who set criminals free. You don't need a defense lawyer. I mean, basically, uh, we've got people that get arrested 40, 50 times. Every day there's an example of an Alvin Bragg-empowered predator 
hurting one of my citizens and why there isn't, um, I mean, why Democrats put up with this? Yeah, that, that, that's the, there's there's a question, Mr. Mayor. There is the question. You're seeing a city, you know, Eric Adams came in and said, I'm going to clean the place up. I'm going to clean the subways up. And there's more crime in the subways now than ever. But also because a guy like Alvin Bragg, we continuously show the video of people getting beat up, punched, knocked out, stabbed, shot from repeat recidivism is rampant in New York. And it's because of that guy right there, Alvin Bragg, yet the yep. New York, it's, a, it's an elected position. How do they continue to vote for people like Bragg? I, it just, it's mind-boggling. Catch The Balance with Eric Bowling weeknights at 8 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax TV. Another one of those absolutely disgusting, absolutely unacceptable videos surfaced on social media again yesterday. A guy in New York stabbed and beaten with a baseball bat by two people. Two animals reportedly in an argument over a parking spot. It's sickening. In other news, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine will address the Senate today on the toxic train derailment in Ohio. DeWine will be delivering remarks to the Commerce Committee virtually from East Palestine, the site of the toxic train derailment. You remember a few weeks ago when Corinne Jean-Pierre said President Biden would be going there? Well, you never heard any more about that. South Korea's military says North Korea fired a number of cruise missiles off of its east coast today into the Sea of Japan. Today's test launch, the latest by the isolated communist state, while South Korea and U.S. forces continue joint military operations, which began last week. And last week, North Korea had fired a missile that went some 620 miles, landing in the water off the coast of Japan as well, you may recall. The feds will announce if they are raising interest rates today, so keep an eye on the markets. Could be another wild day. And don't forget, if you're not already watching Newsmax TV, you can find it on most major cable systems. Also, be sure to get the Newsmax TV app so you can watch your favorite shows anywhere, anytime you want. It's easy to get. It's free in the App Store or Google Play. Also, don't forget to check Newsmax.com for the latest breaking news throughout the day. And as always, thank you for listening to Newsmax Daily. I'm Tony Marito. Make sure you check out some of the other great Newsmax podcasts as well. And I will see you right back here tomorrow. In the meantime, keep fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.